Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us today, whether you tuned in for the entire worship service and learned some new songs as well as worship God with some old songs, old, faithful, great songs. We're just happy and excited we can worship God this morning, wherever we're at. Today, we are in part two of the last chapter of the storytelling part of Daniel, Faith Over Fear, part two today. You see, Daniel never lost hope in God's plan for him and his people and provisions in both times of prosperity and persecution. And neither should we. Even when Daniel is unjustly thrown into the lion's den, he continued to trust in God's plan, no matter the outcome. We too, no matter how bad the day may seem, no matter how bad the future, the horizon may look, we should continue to trust in God's plan. You see, both in times of prosperity and persecution, we will have hope in Christ. He will reign forever. Everything else is temporary except for your life in Christ because Christ's kingdom will reign forever. I'd like to remind you that Daniel continues to live in exile. And for Christians today, life may and should seem like exile as well. Not because of punishment, but because our true home will not be realized until the new heavens and the new earth when Christ returns. This is temporary living. This is not our home. Our home is with him forevermore. But this does not mean that we live without hope. Quite the contrary. This is why we live a hope-filled life and have good news to proclaim. Because we know that our hope is not found in the world leaders, the leaders of the United States of America. Our hope is not found in our family and friends. Yes, these people may provide some temporary hope, but our eternal hope, our future, our joys are all found in Christ. People wanted to destroy Daniel because of his faith in God. People will want to also destroy you, not because you're bad, but because you're good in him. You see, they will be jealous of the good spirit within you, just as they were jealous of the good spirit within Daniel. Your joy, your hope, they will want what you have, but will fail to see it without the guidance of God and God's use of you to deliver the good news to them. Now, Tim Keller once said, the gospel is an exclusive truth, but it's the most inclusive, exclusive truth in the world. Kind of a play on words there, but let me help you think about this here. Again, the gospel is an exclusive truth. The gospel, we're talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of him coming to the world, yet while we're still sinners, to die for us as an ultimate example of love and humility so that we might have a way to be forgiven of our sins and have a restored relationship with God the Father in heaven and to live forevermore with him. Not separated from him, but with him, a restored relationship. Let me continue to break this down here. You see, he says this. Because inclusive... Because many may come, but exclusive, because no one will truly come to the Father except through Christ. Life, a restored relationship with the Father, is only found through Him. But it will be accepted by many and not just by a few. However, the way is narrow. It involves total surrender, repentance, a new way of living, humility, but yes, it is available, but we must trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
So thus we find ourselves as a story of Daniel and the lion's den. The second part of this face over fear sermon um, here on Daniel chapter 6. And Daniel was despised, as we said, for the good spirit within him, his faith in God, and they were seeking to destroy him. However, no matter in times of favor or struggle, Daniel did not waver in his faith and integrity, and he would see God provide for him in miraculous ways. Now, we're going to read from Daniel chapter 6, starting at verse 10. So I ask you, please open your Bibles to Daniel 6, verse 10. And I won't have the scripture on the screen for you during this sermon, this recording here. Um, But just please follow along from home or listen to my voice clearly. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 on. As you're turning, I want to remind you where we're at. So that will give you a moment to turn there. Um, Daniel was loved by the king. He was up for a huge promotion, one which everyone else was jealous of and would put Daniel above most likely all others but the king, but Darius himself. The jealousy and the evil within them caused them to set a trap for Daniel, the only way that they could. You see, he was found without fault. He was found good. All his years of service, approximately 80 years old, and they could not find one problem, so they had to set a trap with his faith. Their trap was to have the king create a new law that no one could bow, worship, or pray to anyone but the king for 30 days. And Daniel, of course, would continue to pray as he always had to God and God alone. And in doing so, he would fall right into their trap. But he would not forsake God's law in order to follow man's law. We should follow man's law, but not if it causes us to forsake or to not follow God, because God is our number one. So let's go ahead and read now, starting at verse 10, to get a little background and, and reminder of where we're at, and we'll read on from there. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, this is that law, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. Remember to look into last week's sermon for the importance of the prayer and the points about his prayer that we can mimic here. But he had opened his windows, went into upper chamber, opened towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. An important note there. Verse 11 now. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Verse 13 Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Now we know part of this already be false because they try and also say, Daniel, this person who who pays no attention to the king, to Darius, but we know that the king respected Darius greatly, and Darius loved him and respected him greatly. So it's not that he paid no attention to Darius, 
but he would pay his utmost intention to God, just as we should too. He goes on, though, Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed. But notice he wasn't distressed and angry at Daniel. He was distressed and angry at this law causing him to have to punish Daniel, when he most likely knew Daniel had done nothing wrong, it says he was much distressed and he set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. The king did not want to punish Daniel, let alone have to end his life by the mouth of lions. He loved Daniel. He respected Daniel. He favored Daniel. And he wanted Daniel to serve at his side to get this promotion, not die by his decree. Truth be told, he may have respected Daniel's devotion and his goodness of spirit. He would try to find a way to rescue him, but verse 15, we read on, says, Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians. No injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. They must have seen the king's hesitation, seen that he was trying to find some way to rescue Daniel. And they point out to the king that he had no choice but to enforce the law. He was in an impossible situation. But as we're reminded continually, and in Mark 10, 27, as well as many other places, places, Nothing is impossible for God. God will go up against man's law, showing his ultimate control. God also shows his ultimate control many times in the New Testament and Old Testament alike. Whether it be Pharaoh chasing after his people, and God providing a way out through the Red Sea, splitting the seas. Whether it be him freeing the apostles from imprisonment in Acts 5, or Peter freed from his unjust imprisonment in Acts 12, or whether it be Christ's ultimate victory over death and sin, one of the most important things we can look to at all. Man's law cannot prohibit God's law. God will triumph all the time. And I want you to see this. The sealing of the pit and the tomb that we're going to see. Man's law attempting to control or imprison God's people only leads to the greater glory of God as we get to see God's power overwhelm human power. Let me say that again. God's power will overwhelm human power. Both yesterday, today, and forevermore. God's power will overwhelm Human power. When mankind tries to thwart, tries to, or attempts to overrule God's power, he will even be more glorified than ever before as we see God take control. We see he has magnificent power, magnificent wisdom. Let's read on. You see, Daniel would be brought out of the pit just as Jesus was brought out of the tomb. Alive and victorious, God glorified. However, Daniel only for a time, but Jesus forevermore. It humors me to think that man thinks they're in control. You see, God is always in control. 
and delights me to know that we can rest in him and await his miraculous plans to come to be, as the foolish laws of man are only temporary and will fall ultimately to God. Verse 16, we read on, as it says, Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared to Daniel before the shutting of this den, what could be considered Daniel's tomb, or so they would think, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. Again, notice that word continually. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. Are you continually serving God as Daniel does? You see, I don't believe that the king was saying this with hate or sarcasm at all, like maybe his accusers would have, but with genuine hope and love. He hoped to see Daniel still alive the next day. He hoped that although he as king could not rescue Daniel, Daniel's God as a living God could and would. He's already starting to hope in a God whom he did not serve because he sees Daniel's faith. May our bold face and integrity continue to illuminate a light to God. Verse 17 says, And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Notice again that nothing may be changed concerning Daniel. This is also similar to when Jesus' body was laid in the tomb after his crucifixion, his death on the cross. It would be to ensure that no one could tamper with him or his body or rescue him. (laughs) Or as one pastor said, it was also to make sure this 80-year-old man did not jump out (laughs) as if. Verse 18 says, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. So as he fasted, he had no food, no provisions, no anything. As he just focused on wishing or praying that Daniel's God would save him. He did not sleep. He worried for Daniel's life and the decision that he had made kept him awake. But I can imagine the other evil accusers were out partying, awake for another reason. They thought they had finally taken care of Daniel. But let's read on and see how Daniel is continually delivered by God. Verse 19. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. Now, he could have sent a representative to check on Daniel, but no, he cared about Daniel so much. He was seeking with such great anticipation to see if his God had delivered him. He ran there himself, almost like Jesus' disciples running to his tomb with the news of him being back. Darius ran to Daniel. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Now, I don't know what he expected here. I don't know if he expected to hear a reply or not, but I can only imagine his surprise When he does hear back, and Daniel said to the king, 
O king, live forever. Still paying respect and honor to this king who sentenced him to his death. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you. O king, I've done no harm. Verse 23, then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the lion's den. They, their children, their wives, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones and pieces. Whew, that's a part that's left out of the children's Bible, I believe. <laughs> it's a gruesome truth, but it's a truth that would be done to be able to have this huge, strong example to people to not try to overpower God or the king again. Not try and set a trap for him. One pastor said, I like this, that we might playfully paraphrase Daniel here in the scripture as the king cried out to Daniel, 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 did your God, the living God, save you? Daniel might have replied saying, good morning, my king. I hope things are going well with you and that you enjoyed a good night's sleep. I did. <laughs> I slept like a little lamb with your lions as my guest. Their quiet pouring put me right to sleep, and their warm bodies and fur kept me from being cold all night. Such sweet, cute cats. <laughs> oh, I also had a special guest show up. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth when they were hungry. Why, I did not even get a lick from their tongue, not one. They haven't harmed me. They did not touch one gray hair on my head. Of course, you should know the reason. I honored my God. I never did anything wrong to you. I put the whole situation in the hands of my king, and this is what he did. I trusted him either way, and I will continue to do so as long as I live. Now, would you like to come down here and join me, Darius? Of course, Darius did not join the king. I, I'm sorry, Darius did not join the lions, but he would invite Daniel to come up and join him, and some others would join the lions. But their false gods, fake gods, would not have the power to be able to deliver them from certain death. <laughs> and there we have it, Daniel and the lion's den. We see that Daniel was preserved. God preserved Daniel's life, proving, one, the power of the living God, Daniel's God. Number two, Daniel was innocent before God and Darius. I should have added a number three, proving Daniel's faith in God, his bold faith in God, was well-placed. Your faith in God, your bold faith in God is always well-faced. Daniel's faith stopped the mouths of lions, his faith in God. God saved him. Jesus saved him because Jesus is and was and always has been. Jesus is part of the triune God. And he was in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. He is in every book of the Bible, every chapter of the Bible, because he always is. <laughs> Jesus saved him, and he can save you today, too. You see, he saves us from the lion's den every day. 
Satan is like a roaring lion waiting to devour us, but if we cry out to Jesus, he can never have control over our lives. Our lives will be placed securely in Christ. Daniel is a hero of our faith, one to look to as an example. And you see, faith is a firm trust in another, but true faith is faith placed in God. I'd like to add true faith is faith most placed in God, because we do know you're going to put faith in your wife, your husband, your kids. You're going to put faith in your friends, your family. You're going to put faith in your president. You're going to put faith in people to do the right thing. But here's the thing, all those people, yes, even your spouses and your families will let you down at times. But true faith is most placed in God. He is the one who is omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He is in all things and is everywhere. Faith is a firm trust in another, and our faith needs to be in God. We're going to conclude chapter 6 the next time up, I'm up here preaching. But before I do, I just have a few more application points for you, starting with number one. We need to trust that God will deliver you. Trust that God will deliver you. We all face perilous times of both prosperity and persecution. But we may trust that God will deliver us. Notice that statement I said there. Perilous times are not just in dangerous times. Perilous times are also in prosperous times. Some of the most perilous times to our faith in God may come at what may seem like the greatest times of life. It is at these times that we often forget about our dependency upon the triune God, his continual provisions for our lives. We think we are all powerful and we can do everything ourselves and we forget how much we need him. Don't lose sight that we need God both in prosperous times and times of persecution. Don't you trust that God would deliver you from evil, but look to him to deliver you in the good times and from yourself too. Look to him to also destroy evil. And we can rest in God's plan. That's number two. Rest in God's plan. The king did not find rest. I would say his accusers even did not find rest as they partied. But Daniel did find rest through these perilous times. But not in the worldly leaders, in Darius or the concern of a friend. Daniel found rest in the providence and sovereignty of God. Daniel found rest in God's continual provisions and control over mankind and over man's plans. You see, God triumphs over all evil. There is and will be both deliverance and destruction we see that Jesus will both deliver and destroy. Which will you receive? Will you receive his deliverance or will you receive his destruction? Your hope is not found in the things of the world, but in the paradise which awaits us. The hope of eternal living with him reigning forever. We need not to allow the fear of who is elected to take over and control our lives. Whether it be Trump, whether it be Biden, whether it be Harris, whether it be Pence, whether it be neither. Yes, that might cause temporary pains, temporary struggles, temporary fears. But we can find eternal hope of Christ's reign. No matter what temporary pains we have of the day. We know that their reign is only temporary. 
and only loud because God is allowing it. Yes, it's a hard fact to swallow, but God is allowing it. And we need to rest in his plan. God alone in his kingdom will reign forever. Will you be there? I found an old hymn as I was preparing this sermon. I'd like to read some of the lyrics to you. One I could not even find represented on YouTube. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I don't know if it's an official hymn or just a writing words, but it did say it had a harmony to go with it. And they seem very, the words seem very meaningful, called, Will You Be There and I? Says the author is Margaret C.H. Wilson. And as I read, here, let me write that down. If you want to look it up later, Will You Be There and I? The lyrics go like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We know they're the bright and glorious home, away in the heavens high, where all the redeemed shall be, with Jesus dwell. Will you be there and I? Will you be there and I? Will you be there and I? Where all the redeemed shall with Jesus dwell. Will you be there and I? In robes of white over the streets of gold, beneath a cloudless sky, they walk in the light of their Father's love. Will you be there and I? Will you be there and I? Will you be there and I? They're, they will walk in the light of their Father's love. Will you be there and I? If we find the loving Savior now and follow him faithfully, when he gathers his children in the bright home, will you be there and I? Will you be there and I? When he gathers his children in that bright home, will you be there and I? If we are sheltered by the cross and through the blood brought nigh, our utmost gain will count but loss, since you'll be there and I. Since you'll be there and I, since you'll be there and I, our utmost gain will count but loss since you'll be there and I. What magnificent words for us to look forward to as we rest in God's plan. But number three, and finally, we rest in God's power. You see, God had the power to shut the mouths of lions and preserve Daniel's life. We then see Daniel's accusers thrown in the lion's den and killed, proving that these lions were indeed hungry, not tame, and able to cause great harm to the point of death. They surely did have many teeth. And if God can control the mouths of lions or cause kingdoms of this world to both rise and fall, what does this truth mean for his power in your life? Jesus is still in the business of delivering people from lion's dens today, either from it or through it, you may be delivered, but you must, you must trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. You must follow after him. You must have bold faith and a life of integrity. God honors and rewards those who stand faithful to him. Is this you? Do you have faith in him because you'll be rewarded with eternal everlasting life? Sometimes with miracles in the now, he preserves your life. Sometimes with deliverance from this life and the reward of eternal life with him in paradise. Don't lose, fact, lose sight of the fact that God has the power to and will end all evil someday. Maybe that day is today with some evil in your life. Maybe it's today by ending the control of sin over you and bringing salvation to your life. Maybe it's the future promises we have of his coming, his reign, his defeat of all evil, and his eternal kingdom. We can and should rest in God's power. 
Rest in the promises of God. Rest in his plan. Trust in his deliverance. You may feel defeated today by your power or lack thereof. You may feel defeated by the power that that the pandemic seems to have over this world, over you. You may feel defeated by sin, defeated by your health, defeated by who may or may not win the election, defeated by all of the struggles that you struggle in your life. You may feel defeated in many ways, but you can feel accomplished through the love of Christ. You can feel hope. You can feel victory. He can live victoriously through the victory that Christ has had on that cross over death, over sin, and to win life for you forevermore, restored life with the Father. So we end with this. Rest in God's power. Don't be defeated any longer. Rest in the power of God. Rest in his plan. Trust that he will deliver you. He will be glorified. Let me pray. And then we're going to close with a new song called Rising Sun. It's a cover by a band, um, All Sons and Daughters, but a great song with great words. Because that is a great response to worshiping God through the reading of his word, is to worship God with the uplifting of our voices to him and our minds to him. You see, one way or another, we will all be delivered someday to freedom, to paradise. One way or another, God will be glorified in all things. Have faith over fear. Let's worship him now, today. Trust in Christ today and forevermore. Give him your life. Surrender to him. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you that you are in control both today, yesterday, forevermore. Despite our circumstances, despite our fears, despite despite us feeling defeated, you are never defeated. You are victorious in all ways and every way and in every day. You will be victorious. Lord, we pray help us to rest in your power, your plan. And we pray that, that we will have faith, bold faith and integrity, knowing that you will deliver us. May you be glorified in all things. Amen. Let's worship God with this new song before we leave. Yeah.